Welcome to the Dad Hammer Podcast, where we discuss all things Warhammer. I am your host, David the Warboss, and I am joined by my friends, Medicaid Steve. Hello, everybody. Hey, Steve. And the Bearded Ogre, round number two. Uh, yeah. Well, three, I guess. What's up, man? How you doing? Doing great. Hopefully no knoblars chew through my internet. So, yeah. <laughs> well, that's all we can hope for, you know. And if it happens, it happens. It's just, mm-hmm. it's just part of part of the show. So, well, um, welcome back, all the listeners, especially those who are watching on YouTube. Um, we really appreciate your support. And I'll go ahead and do a little shout out. Make sure you subscribe to us. We're going to be doing all kinds of content in the future. If you didn't catch our live stream, make sure you check that out as well. We're going to be doing more live streams with the um, online reveals that are coming through the Warcom site on the Twitch channel, all kinds of stuff. So make sure you check that out. we got a great show lined up for you this time, however, as we're hot on the heels of the Las Vegas Open LVO, if you're not aware big tournament but the reason that we care a whole lot well i mean more you know, we got the tournament the tournament's important but for us it's all about the reveals of new warhammer stuff for us to spend our money on so they they showed off all kinds of new miniatures and cool stuff that we're going to talk about we're going to give our reactions and our impressions of what they showed off but also to get into a little bit of our thoughts on the format of the online preview is that going to be something that they're going to change? Are they going to continue with that? Are there improvements? We'll get into all that kind of ordeal, if you will. And then uh, we'll also follow that up with just some discussion around Games Workshop's release schedule for miniatures. Are they doing a, a better job at listening to customer feedback? They really doubled down on that with 10th edition and 40K. So are they doing a better job with that? Or have they gone uh, further down downhill? Or are they... On the back on the the up and up so all kinds of stuff to digest and dissect thank you so much for listening to our show if you like what you're hearing make sure to rate follow subscribe apple Podcasts, spotify all the all the places all the things and of course you can check us out on dadhammerstudios.com all right enough of that let's get into the first topic the the meat of the show um Again, we just had the LVO, Las Vegas Open. We did the live stream. That was fun, first of all. I, I really enjoyed yep, I agree. Uh, doing the live stream. I, I got my espresso in. Uh, it was 11 o'clock <laughs> central. <laughs> <laughs> and us, uh, us fellow olds were, were on the struggle bus a little bit, but we made it. We did okay, right? Everybody stayed awake. I, I, I didn't fall asleep and yeah. <laughs> actually stayed awake for about an hour afterwards. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, I mean, I did have, even though it's super duper nerdy to say, I had adrenaline. <laughs> great. The Is that weird? <laughs> I mean, probably to our listeners, not at all, but uh, I felt weird and awesome at the same time, you know, yeah. because it was a, a live stream and I was getting amped up for reveals of plastics toy soldiers. Yeah. <laughs> That's mm-hmm. okay. That's why we're here. Yeah, so I love the live stream. I really appreciate those that uh, tuned in and, and threw in all kinds of comments. We had some great discussion. Uh, that's all up on our YouTube channel if you want to go check out the replay. But it was really, really fun. Um, so let's talk about everything that we saw. We we saw a ton. Uh, I'll start yeah. off with the, with the first reveal. I'll throw it up on the screen here. And that was the first box that the first announcement came from the kill team game and it was the kill team nightmare box which included some some new models and i'll I'll put those up on on here um you know 
Steve, what were your what were your thoughts first? I'll start with you on the Night Lords. It was the Night Lords and the Mandrakes. Um, Night Lords looking. I'm I'm not necessarily familiar with the Night Lords personally, mm -hmm. but Chaos Warriors with navy blue. I mean, that's kind of what they look like to me. <laughs> but you know, you you pointed these out first. What were your thoughts when yeah. you showed these guys off officially? I thought they were magnificent. Uh, it's not too long ago that I finished the Night Lord trilogy book. Uh, series and uh, they're really interesting as far as a uh, chaos faction goes right mm -hmm, like they're mm -hmm. they're you know chaos based marines but they don't dabble in the warp they actually kind of don't like it i'm not saying they're good guys they got a skinning problem and i don't <laughs> i don't know if i would want to hang out with them but they have an interesting outlook as to why they turned from the imperium it's like I don't know, it's not so much what Abaddon and stuff, and actually they they more or less you know flip the bird to Abaddon and the the Black Legion and all that stuff for lack of a, a better analogy. But yeah, they're pretty cool. They're very uh, very punk rock little gothic guys, and uh, man, I don't know. They're interesting. They're scary, and they did a good job with these sculpts. I mean, the space yeah. half a space marine <laughs> hanging on a I banner. Mean, oh, that's dude. pretty. That's pretty brutal. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, the the one guy's wearing some some skin, you know, for, yeah. for armor. Uh, I would say they're like, um, I, they're they're almost like a an undead zombie thing combined with Chaos Space Marines. It's kind of the mm -hmm. vibe that they're giving me. But um, Stu, would I'll go to you next? What were your thoughts on these guys? They, I mean, I, I know you're a big uh, ogre player from Age of Sigmar. Kind of have a little bit of an ogre vibe going on for me. Oh uh, yeah, I'd say maybe a little bit. Um, yeah, they're definitely pretty gnarly. Uh, I think uh, I think one thing that's pretty cool is that I believe this is just like an upgrade kit to the normal mm -hmm. new Chaos Marines. So I think that's really cool because like it does not look like it's an upgrade kit. Like these look like mm -hmm. brand new sculpts made, you know, for this, you know, uh, this game and. But yeah, it's just, I mean, we all know that this is the grim dark and this is definitely grim dark, like yeah. half bodies hanging for, you know, banners and flayed skin everywhere. And yeah, it's definitely, uh, let's just put it this way. If I were to face them in the uh, 41st millennium, yeah, I'd probably just pee in my pants and just get in the field position. Probably run. Just, yeah. So. Yeah. It'd be, there'd be some retreat going, a strategic retreat. Right. Mm -hmm. We're just, uh, we'll just, we're not going to, we're not going to run away. We're just going to do a strategic retreat. It's a difference. Exactly. That. Yeah. I'll find but a yeah, Lord, tactical rock to stand on. So, <laughs> Night Lords want you to run. It's more fun <laughs> for them. That's what's worse. It's part of the hunt. Yeah. So, um, I, I like these guys. These guys looked cool. They're, they're different and, um, not, I mean, not drastically different, but different enough from as, as a Chaos Space Marine player. I get tired of painting the, the black and gold over and over again. And now these are just blue and gold, totally different. But, uh, you know, sarcasm aside, I do like how they add some extra flair to them. So they're not just the same thing, you know, for as a Chaos Space Marine painter. Mm -hmm. Uh, it gets old quick, so it's nice to see some some variety. I'm gonna move now over to the the Mandrakes. I'm I'm not a um, you know as we as I've discussed before, I'm a big fan of of the dwarfs, and uh, I like all things dwarf and anything that's got elf in it. I'm usually walking the other way. These guys look pretty cool though. Uh, Steve, what what were your thoughts on on the Mandrakes? 
So I know very little about Jukari. I think they introduced the Mandrakes, at least for me, in the one Warhammer Plus series, uh, Iron Within. Mm. I think they mm-hmm. were in there. I'd have to go back and look. But I love the idea that they're not just your normal Drukari. They're, you know, half like shadow demon or something. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. I assume that they can just disappear and reappear and just really make your life uh, miserable. Um, But I think they look really cool. I love how the hair goes over the faces. So you can't really see the faces. Uh, The idea of the, the green, like just, sort of weird ethereal flame and their weapons look gnarly. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know. I, I think they look really cool. Personally. They're looking a little, uh, vamp vampire esque. Yeah. Almost. Yeah. Um, I, uh, to me, this is, so to me, this doesn't look like Drukari. This is Mm-mm. not Drukari to me. This mm-hmm. is something completely different. And, um, it almost gives me, you know, Stu, what, I don't know what your thoughts are, but the, you know, we'll, we'll talk about the crute later and the difference between the the Tau and the crute as, as part of this big LVO reveal. This this makes me feel like, all right, you've got the Mandrakes and then you've got the rest of the Drukhari, two completely separate entities. And if you wanted to go more into the like, savage, a little undead um, looking, you know, especially with the mm-hmm. spectral, you know, flames and stuff. Um, you know, what what were your thoughts on these guys, Stu? Yeah, I mean, I kind of agree with you a little bit. Like, I think, um, I think actually within like their lore, like they're like they just kind of like ride the tails of what the Drukari do. Like, they don't follow the uh-huh. Archeon, I believe that's what they're called, that lead the mm-hmm, cabals. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they just kind of go to their own beat to their own drum and do their own thing and just yeah, peekaboo out, you know, <laughs> wherever they want to be, you know. So, uh, so yeah. But, uh, but yeah, these models look sick. I mean, the flames, the color looks awesome. Um, I think it's kind of cool, I guess, that like with one of the models, it shows kind of like the um, the uh, like the 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 weave of the movement within like mm. the, his arm, and, and it's kind of yeah. reminiscent of the the Warcry Warband, the Shadow Shadow Blades, I believe, because they also have that kind of thing where it's like. Well. It's kind of got like a wavy kind of aerial ripple yeah. space. Um, so it's kind of cool that I guess it, that they kind of, I don't know if they just like stole it from them and just stuck it on or whatever. I don't know. Either way, it's still kind of cool. It shows it, the motion. Exactly. Right? The yeah. active. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It did, but these models definitely have a lot of motion. Like with the mm-hmm. hair, it definitely shows that they're not like in one spot for too long, you know? Like, uh, but yeah. And That's also, a good point. It, it looks like that they also might have their own kind of flayed skin skirts, you know, like, uh, yeah, there's a lot of, uh, de-skinning with this, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I think that the active pose is something that they, they seem to be doing more of. And we've, we've hmm. talked about this before, but I like age of Sigmar models typically have, you know, a lot of different types of, um, more active poses to me you know they're just they're they're bigger they they're in the in the middle of something they're in the middle of attacking they're in the middle of of you know if you're a dragon right they're they're breathing fire they're doing something where instead of just standing there there's very few models at least the ones that i've seen um the the bigger ones that the recent ones that are just standing still and when they are you're like huh you know I, there are there are some exceptions right that that are supposed to be more 
maybe distinguished or regal and they're majestic looking. They're supposed to be in a kind of a stationary pose, but these, you know, so Stu, kind of going one on, you said, I, I agree. They're, they're not in one place for very long. And that's the feel that you get, especially with the flames. It's just, they mm -hmm. just ignited the flames or they, they just got through swinging through an enemy or getting ready to do an attack and everything's ramping up for these attacks. These these models, the Mandrix, I thought were really cool. And the first time that I had looked at anything Drukari, I thought, okay, you know, I, I see what you're doing here. This looked pretty good. <laughs> so very very pleased with that. The other uh, piece of the box set that they showed off was the small piece of terrain. I say small; it's probably not that small, but maybe I don't know, six by six uh, inches, something like that, maybe. But um, it is kill team terrain, so your kill team terrain is not always going to be really high. Or it, they they've been doing a lot more low profile terrain as of late. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, you know, if you're playing kill team, and you know, Steve and I have have played quite a few games. This is okay. This will give you a little bit of cover or height. But I always like, and we we've talked about this before. I always like having terrain from kill team or 40k that you can use interchangeably so if you mm -hmm. bought yeah. uh, they, they used to sell those kill zones with the taller buildings for 40k where i could take that and play it in kill team and still have that open air and maybe you know pushing off the ledge and some of the extra damage things that they have within the game but then take it right over to 40k and have a nice um terrain piece to put on the center of the table so um for me a little disappointed in this but you know, as someone who always has high hopes for some kind of terrain reveal where it's multi-level skyscraper <laughs> kind of thing. I'm yeah. maybe the only one that likes that kind of stuff. And maybe that's why they don't reveal a ton of it. But um, Stu, I mean, I, I know you're you're primarily Age of Sigmar. Did this do anything for you or is this just kind of eh, I mean it's, it's kind of it's kind of blah. I mean, but yeah, I guess the thing for me is that like it's easy to paint. And put on the table quick like yeah i mean prime it uh metallic color dry brush it with something else and then that's pretty much it like you got a painted terrain piece on the table like i mean and unless you want to go super detailed like kind of what the image shows and paint the hazard stripes or the different colored you know warp lightning within the yeah whatever but like it's an easy paint for a terrain piece and i mean it does its job you know Nothing yeah fancy, the, so. the, as uh, you know I, I paint a lot of terrain and i'll say that usually there there is a there's a balance if you do it too uh, if you only put just you know i mean it's it's also always up to the to the painter of course but i tend to put a little more detail into mine um i'll do the the lead belcher coat uh, depending on what kind of terrain piece it is. And then you say, oh, well, I can knock this out really quick. And you go in and you add a few rust effects. And then, oh, man, I should paint those dials. And and then you've, you've painted, if you paint one cable a different color, well, now you got to paint all of them a different color. So uh, just as a, a, a pro tip, if anyone listening to this is looking to get into terrain painting, just know that it's you, you need to strike a happy medium you know, either be okay with just a couple of, of paint colors on it, or you need to go all in. I would, I would not mm -hmm. suggest painting one cable. <laughs> just know that you're going to want to paint all of them mm -hmm. <laughs> after all is said and done. So if you got a terrain piece with lots of cables on it, oh boy, just, uh, <laughs> just, just be ready. Just deal with it. Maybe paint one cable a night and eventually by you know, 2027, <laughs> you'll be done. <laughs> 
<laughs> so just paint the fat yeah. one. <laughs> That's right. I don't know. Uh, this one was okay. This this uh, terrain piece was okay. So anyway, moving on to the next announcement was the Warcry set for Pyre and Flood. Uh, I, I I thought this one was a pretty cool reveal. Mm -hmm. um, getting mm -hmm. into something that you know more on the the Age of Sigmar Warcry side. Um, you know, Steve, I'll go back to you. What were your thoughts on on these models? Oh man, they're great. I mean, I kind of repeat myself almost from the previous one. Like, great movement. I mean, they've got the green flame thing going on. So, mm -hmm. whether they had the same painter paint both of them, I don't know. But you know, I mean, <laughs> probably. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, these, these... most likely. I mean, but um, yeah. The Pyre but, guys, yeah, I think, I think they're called. I had to, the I had to Pyre, look yeah. up the name. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I, I think I'm out of this group so far, I mean, like, obviously the leader with the two kind of shoulder and mm -hmm. burning things is pretty cool. But to be honest with you, I think my favorite ones are the white kind of, you know, wraith-looking ones. Mm -hmm. I think those look pretty cool because there's a lot of, like, within this army, there's a lot, they paint a lot of them in that kind of black to blue kind of scheme with like a rusty metal and it's kind of cool to yeah. have like a different kind of paint scheme with them um they give me kind of like bare whites or like the the it, like lord of the rings or something kind of feel to it but um mm -hmm. but yeah i mean I, I think they look fantastic so. i think i think they almost look the the ones in white look a, a little more tormented you know if you're mm -hmm. looking at all mm -hmm. of them together the white ones clearly stand out maybe they're the ones that are um they've been around a little long, right? You know, so they're, they're, they're going to be joining the retirement home of Pyre guys soon. So they're going to like be that, wheeled down the ramp. <laughs> like that, that scene in Beetlejuice where they go into the, the, the afterlife and they're walking through the hall and they accidentally open the door and there's like, <laughs> yeah, the, these are the ones that you would see. And yeah. um, they, they these look, the, they look a little rough. I mean, there's even one in there that's actually kind of doing that motion of the whole, like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this is where ghosts go to die. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Those are very uh, I, like, cool. I liked these guys. Uh, I'm, and then moving on to uh, the, I'm not even going to try to pronounce it, the River Blades, mm. the Yadrillin, the River Blades. Which, that's what we're yes. going to go with. Mm -hmm. Got um, it. Yeah, what would Steve? What do you think of these? I, I thought they looked a little more like a football team, kind of the the referee and uh, maybe rugby or something. But yeah, yeah they looked okay. I, was, I guess I was thinking Cirque du Soleil. Some doing some flips. I love the poses. I think that's super cool. Maybe I don't know the. I think this paint job for me is like, man, that's just too clean. Too too bright, too white, yeah. too happy. It needs to be a little. <laughs> I don't know. It just needs to tone that down a little bit. You guys should be sad or something. Well, you and your uh, sure. slaves to darkness. That's what that's yeah. what you're used to painting. Yeah, I don't know. It's just too too much joy there and all that white and turquoise. But I guess it fits their name, River Blades, and etc. Yeah, <laughs> they're good sculpts. I just happy. yeah yeah. yeah. <laughs> I I mean I don't these they're not for me uh personally yeah. you know so if i were picking up this this box set i'd be looking for the pyre guys but to each their own is a little bit for for everybody they also had a a piece oh, of terrain there we go. Uh, That's the money yeah there. yeah so Stu, i'll go to you you pointed this out on the live stream um i'm trying to figure out i mean this almost looks now that i look at it it's it's a 
for those listening, it is a, um, I guess part of a, a ship that has been, mm-hmm. you know, blasted off, fallen out of the sky. And it's like half of it is buried into the ground. So this would be a piece of terrain for a, a war cry game or an age of Sigmar game. Uh, really cool looking, uh, terrain piece and looking at some of the paint job really wouldn't be that difficult. I think it's a lot of gold, mm-hmm. some, some dark mm-hmm. green, and then putting in some highlights, some dry brush. This is one of those where you really could just do some dry brushing, red, green, gold, and some of the blue on this, uh, this diamond kind of jewel at the top of it. So Stu, what uh, thoughts on this one? Yeah. I mean, I think it's a very uh, like dynamic uh, terrain piece. It, definitely adds more of like a story to your battlefield. Um, yeah. I think it's, uh, like I said, with the narrative with Warcry and the whole, uh, with them going, trying to get closer to the starship that crashed to actually start seeing now pieces of the ship is great. Cause uh, for the longest time it was just bamboo and meat trees. So like <laughs> to actually start seeing now some more actual pieces of the ship is uh, really cool. And the fact that it's like, like the, I, that's the crazy thing that I like about some of the terrain that they produce for uh, Games Workshop is some of the detail that they put in. Because like, I really like the fact that like where his eyebrows is is that it's like a star, like a collection star chart, yeah, a star chart or something yeah. like that. Like I think that's mm-hmm. for like a for like a terrain piece. Like I mean, like it's just I don't know. I just think it's that's really cool. Um, and I think I also it looks a little bit on Master. Uh, within the Seraphon, so uh, yeah, in the Seraphon, really yeah, yeah, so very fa- fantastic. So, I mean, to be honest with you, I think this is more of a you know a train kit, and you just get two warbands for free. So, I mean, for myself, <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, well, I mean, I think pirate- see, I see how big it is too. Like, I don't know if this picture does it justice to show how big it is. I mean, well, I, I, don't I know- just, I'm sorry, I just noticed that there's flat spots on it, where it looks like you could set. At least one. Oh like, yeah, I see it now. Yeah, okay. uh, like on the yeah. cheek or something that might give you a, a sort of a scale. Mm-hmm. So, so maybe uh, one, two, three, four, four, maybe four inches by four inches wide, four to five inches wide. I don't know how deep it is either. So mm-hmm. I mean, but it, to me, it looks like it's like a five by five kind mm-hmm. of thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, with maybe three inches tall. So typical terrain piece, but I think it's. It's cool, and and what's what's good about this, and and Stu, you know, buying the box just for the terrain, uh, that'd be something that I would do. But yeah, I love this it. would look really good on on the table in an Age of Sigmar game too. And that's mm-hmm. to me, like for for those that are are on the fence about Warcry or Kill Team, the the way that that I have always looked at these is I, I'm going to go into 40k and Age of Sigmar. Those are my two main games, but they make these these shorter, smaller games. For people that maybe don't have the space or the time mm-hmm. to to play the larger games but the cool thing is is that they're kind of interchangeable so if you if you weren't sure if you wanted to get into age of sigmar completely but you really like the look of the pyrogeist you can get this box you got a terrain piece you got some really cool models and then you can start to build on that if you want so you're it's a way to you can still play a game uh, a fully fledged game in Warcry, and then build up your force with a couple more units and you know over time now you've got enough to play maybe a small game of Age of Sigmar and still have a fully fledged game in Warcry. So uh, this is one of the things that I think Games Workshop does really, really well. You you can you can have your cake and eat it too. 
right? Mm-hmm. You can start mm-hmm. small and then build up. So really cool war cry box. Uh, let's move on. I got a lot more to cover. Let's move on now to, to me, that was the star of the show, which was yep. the crew <laughs> reveal. Uh, just, just to be clear, this is not a crew, you know, army per se, but man, they got pretty close. This is not like a, a crew faction separate from the Tau. It is a, a, I don't know, I guess you want to say just like a, a separate, um, sidebar from the Tau. If you don't want to play robots yeah. all the time with Tau, you can, you've got something completely different. It's a little similar to me when I, I play orcs, I play more of the Mad Max style of orcs. I like the vehicles and the rust and the, you know, the crazy. And then if you don't want to do that, you want to go the beast snagger boys, which are more of the squigs, the cave cavemen kind of feel to them and, and, and clubs versus uh, machine guns and, and vehicles. So this is even a, a complete departure from, you know, what they, they normally have uh, in the crew. This is already something you could do that was a smaller force and now fully fledged. So uh, Steve, you know, going to you, I thought uh, just kind of going with the theme of active sculpts, uh, they did a really, really good job with these these crude models all looking like they're in the middle of something either doing a big war cry or or coming at you with a blade um all kinds of stuff i thought they did a really good job with these guys yeah just pretty amazing stuff and it's crazy because i know some of them have projectile weapons at things that look like guns but i mean gosh they are so close to being a, a sigmar type sculpt oh, yeah. Yeah. On, on that level you know that that motion that kind of elegance to them mm-hmm. ah geez they just look so i i wasn't real big on the crew i thought some of the you know the only thing i remember seeing was the ones from the kill team originally but mm-hmm. now that these guys are like wow those are really really cool i mean it's not something i'm gonna play probably not my style necessarily but i don't know they they look like what the Eldar Exodites oh, could be, you, you know, the dinosaur yep. riding Eldar. Mm-hmm. So I think that's going to fit that space for people. Um, just something different. And this is really, really different. This is a big departure from most of what else 40K is. This is, other than orcs, this is nice and primitive and just... Uh, I don't know. Really cool. It's really cool that you could add it to the Robo Boys if you wanted to, you know. Yeah, I mean, it gives you a, a different look. I think that mm-hmm. the, showing the the crew talks. I think that's how you say it. The uh, crew riding these larger beasts give you a um, a melee charge component because the tower typically all range and right. you know they're they're sitting back pew pew. But this gives you some some melee. Not not completely right. The, a lot of the crew models they showed off are look to me like you've got some range, but you've also got some melee in there. They've got these bone dagger looking things on the end of their guns. So that's probably going to add a little bit of melee, maybe some close combat weapon type stuff. But these, uh, these, the, the shapers, the flesh shaper, um, and, and these different models just mm. give the crude a com- more, a more powerful look to them versus just some minions that you throw on the table. Um, I thought they did a really good job with this box set reveal and they even showed off the, what I can only assume is the collector's edition of the <laughs> Tau Codex. How's <laughs> uh, that going to be $9,000 for a different cover? Now the cover does look good. I, I like it a lot better than the previous collector's edition 
codex uh, reveals that they've done. The ones, that, the other ones that just they just didn't do anything for me. This one actually looks a little, you know, looks pretty cool. It's still not worth the extra. I think it's now thirty dollars extra for the collector's edition. But, um, you know, I, I still think they should add something to the collector's edition to make it truly worth it. But, um, yeah, I mean, uh, I know that the the chaplain's not on here with us to to talk through his impression. Oh no, man, man. No. Yeah. oh man, he was uh, he was so excited for this release, and you know, I, I think that he. Um, it's, this is going to be on his list for sure. Yes, uh, for something to to get through. So, lots of cool models. Uh, I am interested to see, you know, what this is. What they talked about showing more. So this is just the beginning for the crew mm -hmm. uh, models that they're going to reveal. So I mean, mm -hmm. I think this may actually turn into a full fledged, um, you know, crew army. Uh, that sounds crazy, but you know, with some of the crew talks beasts here, I think they could do more with that. They could make the yeah. giant versions of them. And have a monster element to him on the, on the crude side, so I wouldn't be surprised if this turns into a completely separate thing in the future. So, man, how cool would it be if they actually came with like a like a massive like crude talks beast, and they've got like a like a Hadawa or something on their back, and they've got like yeah. multiple guns hanging off the side. I mean, that'd be sick, dude. Like, I'm thinking wow, of like man. a Lord of the Rings uh, elephants, you know, where they have oh, them like all the hanging on there. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, with the with the giant tent yeah. over the top, and they're mm -hmm. all hanging off. I mean, how cool would that be? A yeah, huge crude talks beast with all these crude hanging off. Man, I mean, uh, boy, that that would be a cool model for sure. It it would it would be a Forge World probably <laughs> the size <laughs> that would have to be, but still would be a, a cool idea. Well, uh, Crute, very cool announcement to me, highlighted the show. Move on now to some Age of Sigmar news where they showed off a, a new narrative book from Dawnbringers, kind of a narrative weave they're doing, Shadow of the Crone. And this came in a box for the Daughters of Cain. I'm going to hit this this model. Uh, Stu, I'm going to go to you first. Um, you know, I, this wasn't as active as I thought as, as some of the others. We, we, the theme so far has been these active miniatures that they've released what were your impressions of the the crow lady? Um, I mean, she's okay. I mean, like, it's not my cup of tea. I mean, she, yeah, she, she's okay. I mean, I do like the wings. They did a great job on the detail of the wings. And mm -hmm. they're like, I like the fact that they're being like ravens and stuff. Um, yeah. But the, uh, the hair and the eyes, I just... I said it on the, on the live stream, and I'll say it again now. Like she just looks like a female cousin. It like I mean, it's just, <laughs> it's just not my not my cup of tea. Um, yeah, but I'd uh, agree. I'm, I think I don't, know, I don't know. I might would have liked the model better if she was more in a more like dynamic pose. Like maybe she was like flying midair with the staff pointed outwards, or mm -hmm. I don't know, instead of this kind of like ballerina. She's landing. hunched. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it doesn't look dangerous to me. Like yeah. maybe if she, mm -hmm. the wings were spread even more and maybe like bellowing out something and the, the crows were, were cawing at the same time, then it makes me feel like, oh man, I'm getting ready to have a Alfred Hitchcock moment, you know, mm -hmm. here at, at any moment. <laughs> uh, Steve, I mean, what, any, any impressions for this one? Um, not my aesthetic for sure. Uh, yeah. I think feathers are cool. Feathers are actually cool to paint. Um, because yeah. you know, have a have a Deathwing. I catch a feather now and then. I love. I just noticed it. I didn't notice it before. I love. They're showing in the the bottom right hand corner, maybe some sort of like scrying dish or something. You know, there's like, like bones and hair 
I'm not sure what the 15 yeah. means, but you know, maybe there's some like fortune telling thing. I thought I just noticed that. That's pretty cool. Maybe. I I want to see a piece of terrain built off of what she's standing on. That's what I'd like to see. Yeah, I mean, it, it, I think it fits in with the uh, Age of Sigmar aesthetic. There's a mm-hmm. lot of uh, that mm-hmm. type of color looking. I don't say marbled terrain. Um, mm-hmm. I think it would be cool. I, I I don't mind the model. I think the model's fine. It's not it's not blowing my mind, but it's it's not right. a bad one either. I think it would look cool painted up, and feathers are cool to paint. It's but very similar to trees where you paint the mm-hmm. leaves. It's very satisfying. It's very easy to paint with uh, two or three dry brushes, and uh, you got something that looks really good. Yeah, I think it's gonna be so. something that's gonna be real good to see is what painters do with like the wings, different and what colors, style of feathers. Mm-hmm. I think that's that's what's gonna set each one apart. I believe is how where they paint the wings and yep. stuff. So. Yep, agreed. Well, let's move on to the next reveal, uh-huh. which I thought uh, was very interesting. This was something that was shown off, um, you know, as part of the the mystery, I, I guess. But um, these were were again part of the, I guess, the, the Dawnbringer set, and this was the Callus and Toll with the Saviors of Cinderfall. And if you're not aware of that, um, or that doesn't sound familiar to you, that was from a show they did, a Warhammer Plus, and I believe it was it a it was a Hammer and Bolter yeah. episode, mm-hmm. I think. That's right. And one of my favorites. I, I think a lot of people liked uh the callus and toll uh models. Um I, I personally thought they were they looked really, really good. They give a um I don't know what um what kind of vibe would you say it is? It's almost like a Sherlock Holmes you know, old, old school. Van Helsing. Yeah, yeah, Van, Hel- Van Helsing. Thank you. That's what yeah. I was looking for. So yeah, a very Van Helsing era um, and really cool looking models though. I, I think these, you know, I, I think these are going to be more uh, HQ type units where you're, you're going to maybe buy these as a squad, but you can add them on to an existing force. Is that kind of, mm. Stu, I mean, from, from your experience with Age of Sigmar, there's a Stormcast model in here. Would I be able just to buy this box and add that Stormcast model to my army? Um, I mean, possibly. I mean, a lot of times with these kind of, like, specialty units, they, like, you, you the points go for the whole unit, but each mm. model acts as its own separate unit. So, like, they don't have to, like, stay together in a group, like, you know, they can all go off separately to their each to their different you know places. Um, I see. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, okay. I think it would be dumb of GW to not be able to put the Stormcast in a Stormcast list by himself. I mean, yeah. Um, yeah but I who knows? I mean, they I, they surprise us all the time. So you know, <laughs> I mean, it might can be. You like, add, can you like, add this as a like an allied unit to your Stormcast? I mean, the whole oh, thing pro- would that be what it is? Yeah, probably because I mean, okay. I'm pretty confident this will be a Cities of Sigmar uh, mm. unit with keywords. Um, so yeah, and they ally within the Stormcast uh, army. So um, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, but whether you can just pick just the the, the Stormcast model, I it's just to to be determined. So um, okay, yeah. but I think the models look sick. Like I mean, they're f- yeah, like fantastic, especially. Um, the guy with the two pistols. I, we see. Oh, yeah. uh, what was his name? Callus Toll. Yeah, was, I, I think it's Toll. I, Toll? I can't remember. Yeah, one, one of that's the two. Just, yeah. yeah, I mean. Yeah. Cool looking model. Exactly. Yeah. So it's just. Um, yeah. And and I f- I think this will be great for like D and D. Like if you're a D and D player. Yeah. And, for sure. Or especially if you're playing the um. 
was it the the RPG, the Age of Sigmar RPG um, mm-hmm. that they have? Uh, these would be great models to, to go with that as well. Uh, yeah. So. Yep. I mean, they're cool looking miniatures either way. I think that's 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 well stated. So uh, cool release. Looking forward to these. Uh, we had a couple more bits, and then we'll wrap up the the LVO segment. This was for uh, Underworlds. I'm not. A, I have the Underworlds game. I've talked about this before. Mm-hmm. Um, I have have it assembled. I have read the rules, and I have the tokens punched out. I tried to get my son to play with me, my 15 year old son, over Christmas break. Uh, nope, Fortnite was more more his thing, and so I was very disappointed. Mm-hmm. But uh-huh. these. The, these models looked cool, um, you know, as far as the the undead look goes. Um, didn't do much for me. I'm not an Underworlds player, so this wasn't a huge bit of excitement uh, in my book. But, Stu, anything for you on this one? Um, I mean, I don't play Undead either, um, but I do like the Shaman spell person. I think they look pretty cool. And that yeah. beast, that beast looks creepy as heck like i mean <laughs> yeah yeah, it's yeah just, i would agree with that i mean i came close to probably having a nightmare the night we watched it see revealed <laughs> and i'll probably have another one tonight after seeing it again so all right um well I mean, uh, I, then we'll quickly move on. Thank you for the segue. The very last, the very last bit here is the Horus Heresy. Um, I I'm not a Horus Heresy player. I don't think anyone on our on our crew is, is into Horus Heresy. I you know, there's not a lot to say about this. I think it's it's cool for people that that love Horus Heresy and want more. I mean, if you love tanks, boy, did they deliver on the tanks. Uh, mm-hmm. They got tanks for days and. Um, even one that uh, I think on the live stream we had some folks call it a kill dozer, which it has the <laughs> the, the bulldozer front to it and the giant cannon. Um, these are cool looking tanks if you play Horus Heresy. You know, not like I said, none of us play that, but um, you know, uh, overall I thought uh, you know a, a successful event. Um, I did want to uh, pose the question now that we've talked through all of this um, quickly. What what do you guys think as far as an overall grade? How would you grade, you know, A, B, C, D, F? How would you grade this, the the LVO reveals? Uh, Steve, I'll start with you. I'm going to give it a B. I thought there was a lot of really good stuff. Uh, it may have spread the field a little far, but that might be a good thing for the future, right? Um, I'm kind of, I kind of wish that maybe there was more elements that, aspire to the bigger armies like bigger 40k um bigger aos but you can't do that all at once i mean there's only so much you can do i like the variety a lot i would have almost given it an a if it was more variety across the bigger games but uh totally understand they gotta appease a a very large crowd a very different tastes and etc so but it it was still great i enjoyed it how do you not? I mean, it's like <laughs> it's new stuff. Know, what are you gonna do? Yeah, yeah. nerds unite, man. Come on. <laughs> oh. All right. Oh. <laughs> so, uh, Stu, what would what kind of grade are you giving the LVO reveals? Yeah, I gotta ride the same train. Steve's on. I would give it a B. Um, I think a B for myself, just because I mean, I am primarily AOS, and the AOS side wasn't too big. Um, but also, I was going and expecting that. I mean. LVO is known to be a bigger 40K tournament scene. So it makes sense that they would reveal 
like the Crout or even the uh, horse heresy stuff that seemed uh, like as the primary reveals for their show because it's just got a bigger 40k scene there. But um, yeah, okay. I give it a big old B. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna go one lower. I'm gonna say B minus, um, <laughs> and uh, and the reason being, I think it's it's all personal preference. You know, there are, I'm sure there are a lot of people that just absolutely were drinking in all that Games Workshop was revealing, and they're huge fans of Horus Heresy and Underworlds. And that's the thing about these. I remember we talked about this on live stream. I remember when my my very first live stream or the uh, the live reveals that they would do and being disappointed because I only had one army and I, I just played orcs and 40 K and that was it. So anything that wasn't literally anything that wasn't orc related, it was a disappointment and which is not fair, you know? So now I've got multiple armies. I play, I have, I play all these different types of games with the exception of Horus heresy, but I don't play Tau. I don't have any interest in the Tau. I thought the crew were really cool. Um, and I'm glad for, for Lee uh, that, you know, that he gets to see that. Um, but th there wasn't a lot for me personally, no big terrain. The terrain was small. So, uh, I, what I, the, the B minus though, for me is just because of the variety. I thought it was great that they revealed so many different types of games and different models for a little bit for everybody. So, um, overall really cool event. Um, I'll, I'll ask one final question before we move on to, I mean, a larger topic around games workshop and their release schedules. What, uh, Steve, I'll start with you. What do you think that, if anything, Games Workshop could improve on these reveal events? What is there anything that you would like to see? Would you like to see the these done more frequently, less frequently, longer shows, shorter shows, anything in particular? Maybe not at 11 p.m. That'd be good <laughs> for us. <laughs> but I, you know, I don't know. I, um, still a little inexperienced with the whole live reveal live stream thing that they've been doing. I've seen enough of them now. Mm -hmm. I think they have a pretty similar formula, no matter <laughs> yeah. what they're revealing. And I think that's okay. Uh, I almost wish it could be fairly predictable in some way. Uh, that may not be bad. That may be kind of bad, but I like the idea of maybe not having try to appeal to a mass crowd all at once maybe be more specific like all right it's 40k day or it's kill team day or or maybe not kill team day like it's skirmish day it's box game mm -hmm. day you know that kind of stuff now we're going to do aos day and you might get a smaller crowd i guess because you just don't get that like, ooh, what are you going to do? And but you might have less disappointment. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's a it's a tough it's a tough thing for them to do because at the end of the day, it's number one, it's the internet. Number mm -hmm. two, it's the nerd internet, and mm -hmm. so everybody's got a ton of opinions on how they what they should be releasing. And if you get into the comments during the Twitch stream, you're just going to see everybody like either super excited or pitchforks and torches because they didn't reveal whatever army, you know, that's me in the, in the you know comments complaining about orcs, you know, several years ago, like why, why are there no orc reveals? I'm like, well, you know, buy more armies and then you'll be, you'll be a little happier. Uh, so Stu, anything for you? I know that uh, this wasn't heavy on age of Sigmar. You got a little bit, but it was more smaller, smaller force base. Anything for you that they could improve? 
Um, actually, I'm kind of going to go the opposite way from Steve. I think that it'd be cool if they could, like, I mean, I know it's a lot, but, like, maybe show a little bit of everything for, every, like, all the games that they have. Because, I mean, there'll be times, especially for, like, the smaller game systems, like Blood Bowl or Necromunda or something like that. Like, they won't see anything for three or four reveals. Like, I mean, you know, mm -hmm. and so yeah. it'd just be cool if they could, you know, um, just show a little bit of something for everybody, I guess. Like, even if it's just a single model, like, you know, I mean, we all like shiny new things. So, I mean. That'd be tough. I, I think it'd be really tough for them to try to hit all of it. Uh, they have so many games, and then, then they just come out with the old world, and so many people were complaining that they didn't show off old world. So, uh, man, they would have to make it like a, you know, two two-hour show in order to hit all of it. So, I just wonder... At the end of the day, we talked about this. Games Workshop is still a very small company. I'm sure it's difficult to even put on this event, much less try to cover all of the games. So I think, I think they're doing a good job. Uh, I don't know if I would in, you know, increase the frequency of these events because it's you only want to be surprised so much. I know everybody wants more stuff, but personally, I, I like I like the buildup. You know, that we can, ooh, I wonder when the next reveal is going to be. Um, and if they were doing it every month, you know, it, it would get old. So um, I like that the, that they do it probably a little more than I would expect, which is good, uh, but not too much that I get bored with it. So, well, I mean, yeah, before they never reveal anything at all. Like, I mean, right. I mean, it would be like, you know, six months before you heard something new. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. this is definitely a step forward. It's a step forward for sure. Well, um, really enjoyable event. I loved the the live stream. So please, if you are listening to this, make sure you check us out next time. Hopefully it won't be at 11 o'clock at night central. Mm. Uh, but even if it is, we'll, we'll be here. If it's, do our it's best. later <laughs> slash earlier, <laughs> uh, we're going to do our best. If it's up in the one in the morning, it might just be me. I'll just be here and you'll see me sl sleeping on a live I'll, stream. I'll so. be here, but I'll have my CPAP on. So... <laughs> in, in, well, in true true dad hammer fashion that's right yeah you know tune in if you want to see that um all right let's let's move on then to our our next topic which is just more of a of an overall discussion around games workshop and how how are they how are they doing right now with their model releases um are they are they improving the model releases are they hearing listening to to customer slash fan feedback. Um, do you think that they are actually improving the models or are they just resting on their laurels? There's been a lot out there where, you know, within the community or something are some, some people think that games workshop starting to stagnate a little bit and you've got so much other competition, which is a fair point. Uh, competition could be a good thing, but sometimes it can, it can lead to, um, trying trying new things you know maybe games Workshop's going to try something a little different um so steve uh, i'll start with you and i, I wanted to bring mm -hmm. up some you know some pictures of uh some additional models and these are are ones that are i would say fairly recent we've got a, mm -hmm. a, a tiered model and then i believe i can't remember the name of this particular model but it was the one from uh soul black grave lords i think um just some of the more recent and they are in active poses versus some of the, you know, the more recent ones with the old world. So mm -hmm. what, and what I, what I think is a, a, an interesting contrast is that you've got the old world models, which are in somewhat of a dynamic pose. Uh, they look a little more old school, which is they're, they're supposed to, 
compared to the modern releases. Um, but Steve, do you think that that Games Workshop's done a good job recently with their with their model releases? Very much. So I'm just going to use my Space Marines as an example, more or less the Dark Angel stuff. So I have a bunch of Firstborn stuff that I was given. Um, I forget which box set it was. It was a big box set, with, but it was still Firstborn Marines. And I have the next box set. Um, I got the, the Space Marines half of Dark Imperium, I believe. And it was mm-hmm. that's when they went to Primaris stuff. Mm-hmm. So now I have just for example, those firstborn to those primaris leaps and bounds. There's a difference in the plastic too. So there's something to be said about the material in itself being better with with those. Now this is probably 2018-ish, so they're they're even older. The, these are the first primaris. And from those primaris to what they're putting out now is light years beyond that. And I still think that maybe the plastic that's out now is even different than it was a few years ago and different mm-hmm. better. Um, and there, there, there's so much more detail and I feel like they, their sculpts are so in a way that if you really want to get down and paint and really get some detail and, and make some like amazing painted sculptures, or you just want a base coat wash and dry brush you can get a lot of mileage out of some very small um, rudimentary and easy paint or you can make an amazing golden demon out of a very mundane piece but these every time they come out with something new they're pushing the limit of what the plastic can do i think mm-hmm. like that mm-hmm. one the the grave lord when you had put up the bats screaming off as part of the sculpt and if you look back at like the necrons the um shard of the void <laughs> drag, things that are just suspended and like the old marines are like that's yeah. it you get two poses. <laughs> they either hold the gun like this you know like this or they're holding a the gun like this and it's just yeah, like, yeah. It's all, you know but now i mean who would have thought you have bats and they're and that's one piece that's the crazy thing and but it I don't know. I, I think they, yes, prices go up. Yes, availability is weird. All that aside, I, I haven't found anything out there that scratches that itch for me other than what, what they're putting out now. Even the 3D print market. I mean, it's good, but the material is not the same. And I can tell you now, painting them is not the same. But I don't know. They, they're just really cool. Yeah, I, I think the 3D printing is definitely giving some stiff competition to, to Games yeah. Workshop. And, you know, at the the quality of miniature is mm-hmm. Games Workshop is is top to me. I mean, uh, I've, I've seen I play a lot of different games. I've got miniatures from other other systems and they just don't have the detail. Now, the, there's a trade off because you pay for it and everybody's going to complain about the price with games workshop. They're so expensive and man, that the sticker shock, especially as a new player, you walk into the store and you, you, you get all excited. I remember the first time I walked into a games workshop store uh, and I picked up Steve or uh, Stu, I picked up a box of ogres and I'm like, sweet, this is going to be <laughs> awesome. And I looked at the price, you know, for like 60 bucks for mm-hmm. like five of them. Like what? Yep. I got, what are you talking about? I mean, I could buy this or a video game that I'm going to play for 150 hours. And even though now I, I buy that stuff, 
you know, without, without thinking about it, because, uh, I know that I'm going to paint potentially for a hundred hours and then play this for forever. I'm going to have this forever. Um, that that's still, it's still out there. It's still something that new players will, will get the sticker shock of, and you can, you can get games that are cheaper than this, or you could 3d print models and still get them on the table. But, you know, Stu, I'll go to you. Where do you think that Games Workshop is currently, especially now that you're you, you've been in the tournament scene for a while? You've, you've primarily Age of Sigmar. It's gone through different iterations with Warhammer Fantasy and all of that. Do you think they're in a good place now, or, or you think that where they are with model releases is it, are they in a good cadence of release, or is there something that that is concerning maybe with that release with, with the competition at hand? Um, I don't think so. I mean. I, I mean, yeah, like we've all been saying, like, I think they're top dog in, like, the designs that they have. I mean, it's, I mean, they used to have make models out of lead and, like, metal, <laughs> metal lead and resin and fine cast. And, like, it was horrible. Like, I mean, if they made that, uh, that, that Soul Black Grave Lord, any of that material, those bats would not be that print, like, pristine like i mean yeah, yeah they would be flying upside down they'd be flying underneath their legs they would not have heads or wings or whatever like i mean and don't get me wrong i mean there are some plastic pieces of certain kits that are kind of you know sensitive if you like put a little pressure on them they might snap but like you just glue it back together like if that was a, a lead or a resin model like that would take ages to make sure it's back together pretty quick so um but yeah i mean I mean, I think with the advance of like 3D sculpting and the technology is that they're just going to get cleaner and crisper. And, you know, one thing I, I hear a lot from social media is that GW puts too much detail on their models and stuff. And I can see that. I mean, yeah. you know, like kind of, kind of back to your comment to the terrain piece, like if you paint, you know, one little pouch on the belt, like you got to paint the rest of the pouches, you know, like it's, you know, some people just kind of want, you know, simple is better, but I mean, also if it's got more detail, it tells more of a story, like, you know, mm -hmm. like where's this person's been, you know? So, yeah. Uh, so, yeah. yeah. I, uh, you know, what's funny is that I've, I played, I played a couple of star Wars games. I played uh, star Wars Armada, which is more of the ship building. And those all come pre-painted, pre pre-assembled. You just put them on the little uh, plastic stand, you know, the, where they're floating around. And I've also played star Wars Legion and those models, which it was so, so funny when I opened that, that box up, it comes in a little baggie and you don't even need glue per se it's all ready to go it's like three pieces so i put luke skywalker darth vader you know the stormtroopers are like two three pieces uh you know and they just go together i don't have to clip anything out i don't have to file any mold lines oh i mean it was so great to be able to do that however here's here's the caveat that's the odd caveat and i may be alone on this i don't know but i remember the the attachment that i have to my warhammer models that i'm assembling and painting and spending hours on versus getting a, a star wars legion or a modern both really fun games so it's, it has nothing to do with the game but i it's so easy just to pull those out and say here they are you know i'm, I'm ready mm -hmm. to go i'm ready to play i don't have any attachment to those to those those pieces and so 
when I put together a Warhammer model, it takes me forever, and I may complain that, oh, my gosh, I don't have to paint another cable on this terrain mm -hmm. piece. But after I'm done, man, it just looks it, it looks phenomenal. Um, so I, I think that's the one thing, and Stu, kind of to, your, to what you're saying, is you're, you're not going to get the level of detail. The level of detail on, on Star Wars Legion and Armada is just not at the same place as, as Warhammer. Um, but there are other games out there that are at, that are having some competition. And I think that's, that's something that, that they're going to have to be looking out for. Um, you know, and I'll, I'll follow up one question, Steve, we'll go to you and we'll, this will wrap up the, our, our segment here, but there's been a lot of fan slash customer feedback recently mm -hmm. on, on the model releases, old world specifically. Do you think games workshop actually doing a better job at listening or are they just the same company that they've always been? You know, where do you land on it? I think they're doing a better job. I think it goes back to just everything that we talked about on those release models, like the motion, the dynamic poses, uh, everything doesn't look static anymore. I remember when the uh, Black Templar box set came out and, you know, those were Primaris Marines, whatever, but man, you didn't have to really know what a Black Templar was to know that they were their own thing, right? And I think they're doing such a better job. Just like Stu pointed out with the Night Lords, you could have easily just made an upgrade sprue, slap some Legionaries in there and say, stick these pieces here, but it wouldn't feel the same. And those, those, those are telling a story. And I think now they're finally getting to a point where they're making things that aren't generic. Um, you know, like they don't have like all these Primaris Marines and you just swap the shoulder pads, you know. Now it is like, oh, these guys have a, their weapon chained to their hand because that's in the lore. And I would dare say I feel the same way about the AOS stuff. And, and I'm sure that's coming from innovation probably hiring better sculptors and not better sculptors but just newer fresher eyes i guess i should say but mm -hmm. they're, they're bound to have been listening to somebody somebody in the tournament scene somebody in the everywhere has told them like hey you know black templars don't look the same as dark angels or blood angels and i think they're i think they're showing that in the product yeah yeah i i would agree i i think um from just being in the business world competition is is a good thing it's great mm -hmm. for for consumers um you know any any company worth their salt will will want to get rid of the competition uh, they, they don't <laughs> yeah. want the competition right they want everybody to, to buy their stuff i mean apple will, will do that they don't want anybody you know but what what it does regardless of what a company will say it is competition is good it, it really mm -hmm. is good because you got different people trying to do something completely different than than what Games Workshop's doing. Well, let's try a different approach. Let's try a different material. Let's have uh, less detail. Let's have more detail. Let's make them cheaper. Let's make, you know, whatever. And I think that is in is regardless of, of whether or not you come down on the on this issue as Games Workshop should make their products cheaper their price gouging their you know whatever end of the day this is a game that we all love to play mm -hmm. and love to to build and obviously talk about i mean we've got a show called dad hammer so i mean it's <laughs> it's, it's it's something we enjoy discussing so i think that um you know where where games workshop is now i think they're in a healthy place 
you're always going to have people and naysayers that, that don't like what they're doing that never will like what they're doing. And that's okay. You know, there are plenty mm -hmm. of other games for, for us to play. Mm -hmm. Um, if, if it ever gets to the point where, you know, we, you don't want to continue to invest in a product, uh, for example. So that's, that's why the market is what it is. But, um, I think games workshop just kind of to, to close this out here. I think games workshop is, is doing the best that they can. I think their intent is in the right place with listening to more feedback and trying to come out with, with new and innovative ways to sell their, their stuff. Uh, old world, I think, you know, availability issues aside, they are doing some things to help kind of get rid of the scalpers, uh, which is a huge problem. So they've, they've made some progress there. Um, so maybe I'm just uh, overly optimistic, but I like where, where they are now. I think I am very much looking forward to the next reveal. Um, the next couple of months are going to be really, really exciting with all the new stuff coming out, especially even though I'm not an old world player. I think the old world's news and new armies, uh, that is just going to be more and more. It's going to be a really exciting year. 2024 is going to be a very cool year for Warhammer, yeah. no matter what, mm -hmm. what game you play or, or where mm -hmm. you come down on it. So, well, uh, good discussion. I, um, going to be interesting to see what is going to happen in the future with these issues and hopefully another reveal. Thank you for listening. We will uh, catch you on the next Dad Hammer podcast. Thank you, Steve. Thank you, Stu. Appreciate your time and your attention. And uh, I, man, I look forward to some, some models uh, to put on the table, especially from the chaplain. Hopefully he'll have some crew to show up oh, in yeah. the next game. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks, everyone. Uh, cheers and have a great week.